Good morning. My name is Julio, and I'm privileged to have volunteer here at the church for about uh, 10 years. And during that time, I have done a lot of things. And the, the, the most fun that I ever did while I was here was I took a sledgehammer to a wall between two rooms in here because they told me the rooms were too small. So once we did that, the room was too big. <laughs> All right. But the, but the most interesting thing really was somehow at some point in time, I got to be involved with the women's ministry. Can you believe that? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> women's ministry. Well, anyway, um, I'm a little nervous um, and a little excited today, not only because I really don't get to do this very often, but also because I had a bucket list, and this is my last item on it. So I don't know what's coming next, but this is... Uh... In addition to that, it is my last official act as a member of the staff here at First Free. So, um, if I sound a little nervous, would please forgive me, bear with me. And by the way, next, if you're here for the first time today, come back next week. Our new uh, senior pastor, Adam Bowers, is going to be preaching here for the first time next week. So I think that you will see a great contrast. He's young and I'm old. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, let me be more than just a voice today, Father. Help me through your spirit to proclaim your word with clarity and conviction, Father. But I think it's more important, Father, that your spirit would open the hearts of the hearers to make them more than just hearers, Father. Make them doers. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Like the, you saw in the video of this little girl, today we uh, commemorate the, uh, officially the 500th anniversary of the uh, Protestant Reformation. Uh, we actually uh, commemorate the day that Martin Luther nailed his 95 Theses to the cathedral door at Wittenberg. And by that protest, the Protestant movement grew up, and we're part of that. The evangelical movement grew up. And what Luther did, he rediscovered the fact that the truth of God is found only in the Scriptures. Only in the Scriptures. And then the Scriptures teach that it is only... By, faith, by grace, by faith in Christ, and by, only by the sacrifice of Christ that we are reconciled to God. So it is very important to understand that it's nothing that we have done. It's simply our faith in, 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 in God that, that, that makes us uh, whole. And the reason I bring this up is because I think that this particular passage that we're going to talk about today represents a good example of the application of those principles. We're going to see how this woman came to Christ and by faith she was uh, made whole. Now, I'm supposed to be preaching from Mark. This is the series of Mark. But if you don't tell anybody, I'm actually going to use the passage in Matthew. <laughs> because Matthew 
has a more, more insights and he gives me a little more details and he's, um, he's really more teachable than the, path, the, path, the passage in Mark. So what I'm going to do, I think you all have it on your phones on that my application or, that we use. What I want you to do is go to uh, Mark, uh, to the passage in Matthew and then read it with me. But as you read it, I want you to kind of imagine that you're there, that you're a witness, that you're watching, you're observing the event as it was going on. And as you're observing how the different people interact with one another, I want you to form an opinion as to what do you see? What, 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 if you had to tell somebody what you saw, what would you say? What were the different characters? How did everybody react? So let's go to the, uh, to, the, to, the, to the scriptures and read the passage. It's found in um, Matthew 15, I believe. And Jesus, 15, 21 through 25. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying out after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came back and knelt at him before him and said, Lord, help me. And he answered, It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered, O woman, great is your faith, being done for you as you desire. Her daughter was healed instantly. Like this woman, I think that we are without hope and without God in the world. We're broken and desperate. We need Christ. And I'm going to try to preach this message in two parts. The first part, I'm going to look at the passage uh, from the point of view of the woman's humanity. And in the second part of the message, I'm going to look at the woman from her heart. Okay? So who was this woman? Well, she was an outcast. She was a Gentile. She was desperate. She was persistent. She was ignored. She was dismissed. But then, if you look at her heart, she knew who Jesus was and that Jesus had the power to heal. She came with an attitude of worship. She knew that she was not entitled to anything, yet humbly accepted Jesus' mercy. And her faith showed us the path to something better. Early in the year, when John and Don were putting together the preaching schedule, they asked me to pick a passage, and I chose this one. And I chose this one passage for two reasons. Number one is that I, myself, sometimes have been an outcast like she was. I have sometimes uh, experienced some of the prejudice that she experienced. But also, I really think that more important than that is that when I, as I read this passage and try to get into her, this woman's heart, I think that this woman represents us. 
before Christ, before we came to know Christ. She represents us after we came to know Christ. And we, I'm going to try to develop uh, that a little bit more. Now, she was a Gentile by birth. And as, first of all, she had a real uh, tough hill to climb because in the first place, she was a woman. And you would understand at that time, being a woman was not the, uh, the best thing to be. Secondly, she was a Gentile. And thirdly, she was a Canaanite, which just just about as bad as it could be. And one of the interesting things that I read here is that Jewish people of the time, they thought that they were better than anybody else. They were the only people of God, the one that had God's word. And they really considered everybody else to be, um, well, less than they were. They called Gentiles dogs. Interestingly enough, if you read the Old Testament, God chose the people of Israel for the specific purpose of being a light to the nations, being a light to the Gentiles. They found a way not to do it. And uh, so when this woman came along, they uh, treated her as unclean and called her a dog. But she was desperate, and she persisted. Reading the, uh, the verse, it says, Behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Well, when she came to Christ, she was desperate. Her daughter was severely oppressed by a demon. She cried for Jesus to have mercy on her. And a couple of things to highlight in this passage. She was desperate. She was crying. And I can't imagine that she was not just sobbing. I think she was crying out in pain and desperation for her daughter's condition. She was showing her humanity. She really loved her daughter and wanted her to be well. She needed God's mercy. But she was ignored and dismissed. Read the next passage. But, she did not, but he did not answer a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. And he answered, Hey, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Well, she came to Jesus in total desperation. Well, can you imagine what it was like for her when Jesus totally ignored her? When the disciples begged Jesus to shut her up? Uh, put yourself in this woman's place. When Jesus finally answered her, he said she had no right to ask for anything. She was just a dog. How would you have felt? What would you have done? Well, this is the environment that this woman had to contend with. That was the cultural context of a time, and uh, that's what it was. But it doesn't end there. It gets a little better. But at this point, I just want to take a little time off to try to uh, um, challenge you with the first application of this message. You know, there are a lot of similarities between the Jews of the time and the Christian of today. In the first place, we were also commissioned, we were told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. In other words, we were told to be a light to the nations. Secondly, Speaking for myself, I know that we have found ways not to do that. I really don't remember the last time that I tried to 
share the gospel with somebody that was not one of my circle of friends. And if you look around you in this auditorium today, how many people do you see that are not like you, that don't talk like you, that, that, that they don't look like you? And I, you know, I don't know. I think maybe it just happens. But really, we, I don't think that we have ever made a special effort to go out and, and reach the world. If you think about what's going on in this country today, we have never been more divided along uh, racial lines or political lines. Um, so I really don't think that uh, we're much better than, than the, uh, the Jewish, uh, Jewish people of the time. So another thing that I, I want to bring out to you is that this neighborhood right here, you know, have we ever walked in that neighborhood? It's people there that are really not like us. Next year, we're going to have an opportunity to do something about that. Next year, we are trying to establish the working relationship with Carmen Trails to try to help them with some of the things that they need. And in the process of doing that, we found out that over there at Carmen Trails, there are people, there are students there from 20, at least 24 different countries. 24 different countries. And what that means is that there are families in this neighborhood from 24 different countries. And I would suspect that most of them haven't heard of Christ. They need Christ. So next year, we're going to try to go into our neighborhood and try to present the gospel to those people from those 24 different countries. So I want you to start dreaming and praying about the fact that when God blesses that effort, and we go over there and present the gospel, people start coming here in the church. I want you to start dreaming and praying about how are we going to help them grow. In other words, they're coming here, they need Christ. We have the path to something better for them. We need to show it to them and help them walk in it. Anyway, that was the first application of the message. Now, second part of the message, like I told you, I want to look at her heart. And the first thing is that she knew that Jesus, who Jesus was and what he could do. In that uh, passage says, Behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed with a demon. She came and knelt before him. Well, she knew who Jesus was. She had heard of him. She had heard about the miracles, his teaching. I'm sure that she heard about his mercy. So in desperation, she came knowing that he had the power to heal her. So number one, she knew Christ. But then she came with an attitude of worship. Notice how she approached uh, Jesus. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. What a great prayer, prayer of faith. But I really think that it's really more of a prayer of faith. It is an act of worship. Lord, she knelt at his feet. Lord, help me, was her cry. I think that that is true worship. There was no music. There was no hand clapping, no drum roll. She simply kneeled before him, acknowledging her dependence on him. She cried out, Oh God, my Savior, have mercy on me. 
surrendering, surrendering to his will. And in his desperation, her first reaction was to worship Christ. Well, if you remember to a Samaritan woman by a well in Samaria, Jesus said that God was looking for people that would worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, this woman got it. She came to him. She came to the Savior. She lay down at her feet. She cried out, please help me. Now, when we have any burdens, when we're desperate, when we, like this woman was, it can be for any reason. What is our first reaction? Do, do we come to Christ with, in a worshipful manner? Do we, do we lay at his feet and say, oh Lord, my Savior, help me. Well now, she also knew that she was not entitled to anything, yet she humbly accepted Jesus' mercy. And Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but she came out, knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. Well, can you imagine being in her place? She knew Jesus could, not help, could help her. She had heard of Jesus' compassion. She has uh, pinned all her hopes in, on Jesus, and she was a dog. Well, at this point, one has to wonder at Jesus' reaction. I mean, Jesus called this woman a dog. Was Jesus validating the prejudice of the day? Was Jesus trying to tell this woman that because she was not a Jew, she was not worth anything? What do you think? Well, I think that Jesus really was trying to do a couple of things here. Number one, he was trying to tell the audience, the people that were seeing him, he was trying to teach him a lesson about God's mercy and God's love. And then... For us, later on, he was trying to, he turned this whole thing into a presentation of the gospel. Because I think that at that time, because people were prejudiced, the ones that were not of the right kind didn't think that they, were, they could approach God. But at this point, by his action, Jesus demonstrated that he, his mercy was open to, to, to everybody. By his death on the cross, he broke down all the barriers and, and, and uh, brought hope into the world. He brought us near by his blood. Paul, writing to the Ephesians, puts it this way. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off, have been brought near to Christ. This is what Jesus gave his life for, to bring us near so that we no longer be without hope and without God in the world. This is the gospel message, and we need it as much as that woman did at the time. And then she said, Lord, I know but even the dogs eat the crumbs crumb that fall from the master's table. Jesus called her a dog. She realized that she was not entitled to anything, only to God's mercy. And she accepted it, um, saying, that, well, okay, I do not deserve anything, but I'll be happy with whatever you give me, because you are my God, and I am your servant. Well, my second challenge to you is this. 
We're all sinful, broken people. We all have burdens and needs. Could be like this woman, a sick child or a loved one, the loss of a job, depression, whatever. So how do you approach God when you are in a situation like that? You come to him in desperation. You come to him in in a worshipful manner. Do you throw yourself at his feet and say, Lord, I know you don't owe me anything. I owe it all to you. But my God, my Savior, I need help. Well, at the end, what was in her heart was her faith. And her faith is what shows us the, uh, the path to, uh, to uh, something better. Because Jesus answered her when she threw herself at her feet and told her about uh, accepting his mercy. Woman, how great is your faith being done as you wish, as you have desired. And the daughter was healed instantly. But notice that she was not commended for her concern for her daughter or for her persistence, or not even for knowing Jesus. She was commended by, for her faith. So faith is really the only key to open the door to the gospel. In Hebrews, he says this, but without faith it is impossible to uh, please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This woman certainly knew who God was. Not just that he existed, but that he was what he said he was. She certainly sought him diligently, diligently, and her reward was immediate. So, in conclusion, at the beginning of my message, I mentioned that I believe that this woman represents each and every one of us apart from Christ. She was an outcast. She was without God. She was without hope in the world. She came to Christ worshiping him in humility and faith, recognizing her own brokenness and needed and need and laying all at the feet of Jesus. God, because of his great love for her, made her alive in Christ. I also mentioned the four basic principles of the Reformation and how this, was, this passage was a great example. Well, think about it. Uh, she came to Jesus because she knew that Jesus alone could heal her. It was by her faith, and only by her faith, that Jesus healed her. And it was Jesus' grace that made her whole. So only Christ, only faith, only grace. Um, I also mentioned the, uh, uh, but there is more. There is much more. Being made alive in Christ is the first step. When this woman met Christ, she was carrying a big burden, her concern for her daughter. Jesus took this burden away. When Christ comes into our life, he takes away our sin, make it possible for us to be reconciled with the Father. This does not mean that we lose our humanity. We're still broken people living in a broken world. And what are we to do? Because our burden might not be a a demon-possessed daughter. It might be the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, sickness, divorce, you name it. But this is what Jesus' personal invitation to you is. Come unto me, you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my 
yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm meek and will give rest to your soul. Now, you have heard of Jesus. You have heard of his mercy. You have heard of his grace. You have heard of his invitation and been shown the path of, the path of uh, something better. So what is your response? What is your response? Like this woman, we need his grace, and his grace is richly given just for those who ask. If you have never given your life to Christ, now is the time. Jesus has invited you to come. The door is open. Jesus is waiting. Just come. If you have given your life to Christ, but like this woman is carrying a big burden, here is the invitation from Jesus. Come to me and I will give you peace. The door is open. Jesus is waiting. Come. If you have anything else that you have to deal with Christ, well, the invitation has been given. Now is the time. The door is open. Come. Would you stand for me for the benediction? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Thank you.